My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Tom, a mini-sode number nine. Oh my god, this is the Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies and or other things, and then we talk about them. And today, we're, we're, we're doing a special thing today. Oh guys, it's special. So Josie and I live in sunny Los Angeles, if you didn't know. Yeah. And some of the perks of that are traffic and the occasional really cool performance of Henry IV in... Uh, the VA Japanese Garden, starring Tom Hanks as Falstaff. I mean, really, honestly, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Pretty nuts. Something I don't think I ever would have thought I would get to see or do. Yeah, I would never consider that a, in the realm of possibility. Oh, my God. Don't you feel like our we... first Tom Hanks thing, live, in-person thing? Oh, wow. So okay. how did you discover this? How did you just... I, I guess we, we talked to the, we talked about this. the Henry IV was happening months ago on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um... From just our your Hank's Happenings segment. Yes. And then by chance, a friend of mine emailed me the day that the tickets went on sale. And I saw that they were on sale. And we just managed to get them. And I feel like the show might be sold out now. It might be, yeah. Uh, and we should probably, I guess we, we should shout out. His name is Josh Goldman. Josh he, Goldman. He is a listener of this and also got us the... The insight to get, nail those tickets and joined us. Yeah, we had a special awesome. guest. Um, and we're, we're going to get him on the... He's, he has a special request of a movie that he wants to talk about uh, yeah. on the show. So we'll get him on later. Later <laughs> in our in our cycle. Um, but I had never been to the to the VA uh, area in right. LA. And let alone the Japanese Garden, which is very cool. It's kind of in like Brentwood, yeah. I would say. It's like right off the 405. And from everything that I've read about this specific... Uh, veteran center is Tom and Rita. Um, you know Tom from Tom Hanks from our I have show. heard tell, yes. Okay. Him and his wife, they are very involved in the Veteran Center. They they do events with them every year. Normally they do just kind of like a banquet or like a just like they invite people and they all donate money. But this mm-hmm. year Tom was like, No, we're gonna do something with Shakespeare. Like let's Such a cool do an idea. event. Well, then all the veterans help. They help build the sets, and they help run the actual event, and so it's like hyper involved, and in like on on the grounds of the VA. Uh, it was really cool. It was amazing. It's like a very simple. Like the set was like a really simple, simple but really elegant construction. Because I think it was more tiered around like. I don't know. It was all about the performance, but like, so it was never distracting because they Mm -hmm. used the same stage and they would just shift really basic um, sets and props, but that sort of like added to it because it was you just involved in the performers. Yeah. I feel like it was exactly how Shakespeare would have wanted it to be done. I think so. Like, not extravagant, just like it is about you're hyper focusing on the story. Because I think if people. You know, you did Shakespeare in high school and perhaps continued, but it's it's a it's a very difficult thing to come into. Oh my god! And things like when we were prepping to go see it, like Henry the Fourth, the expectation that Shakespeare wrote with was, you were supposed to know 
the world events of what's happening. So when you go into the play, like you're, you're, he's not going to tell you what has been happening. You're supposed to know. Someone described it as it'd be the equivalent of like an American play where you would just assume that Americans seeing it would know the American Revolution. So you wouldn't have to have some type of preface of like, here's what's happening in the world. You would just know. But so when you come in as a foreigner or a foreigner or just someone that's, you know, yeah, maybe a couple centuries later, yeah, you're like, we, you got to have a sort of a synopsis. Do you have a lot of experience with Shakespeare? Like, have you read a lot? I did. I, I mean, like in high school, you're forced to. And like, I always enjoyed it. But then in college in Chicago, there was a, a theater called the Goodman Theater. And they had A, a lot of great performances, a lot of which were Shakespeare. But then B, really cheap student tickets, sometimes free. Um, so sometimes uh, I would go and see some stuff there. And they would do really interesting stuff. Like they would do the same play performed or directed by different people uh, with different actors. But the same wording just in different styles and uh, mm. it's a lot of cool stuff so i had a i had a a renewed interest in it once i especially understood that i should go in having read like plot synopsis and like a little history and kind of this get into the know of it so then when i watch it i can understand it otherwise i spent the whole play like trying to figure out just what they're saying you, yeah you're like who the fuck is this person <laughs> yeah it is a, it, it's challenging yeah mass respect to people who are like shakespeare aficionados because it is a, a dedicated task to learn I mean, yeah. So I never read Henry the Fourth. I I'm more familiar with you know the like comedies and yeah. the the romance, um, and Othello and Ham. Whatever. I've read a few of them. I feel strong in in my understanding of those plays. Henry the Fourth was like completely foreign to me. I checked out the Sparks Notes version of it from the library, and I couldn't finish it. <laughs> Time sneaks up on you, man. So yeah. I went in blind. I will say that the actual program that they handed out had a very thorough summary synopsis that made everything much easier. Yeah, and we, we, we sort of learned that Henry IV is the second part of a four-part play. Henry IV is actually two parts, so it's mm-hmm. two plays technically. This performance, they combine them both into like one big three-hour extravaganza but this is like the second part and it's all about you know changing of powers from henry the fourth to henry the fifth and sort of this weird time of where um england and the uk were at the times as they're sort of figuring out alliances and these feelings of betrayal with scotland and wales and it's a big old i mean i i see i see stuff like this and it really puts into perspective people who like game of thrones and how they write where they pull a lot from this type of history of Mm -hmm. this sort of uncertainty and can you trust people at their word and these feelings of betrayal that are just because someone has like not done anything directly to you like physically but just the way that they've spited you has caused you to hate them and and that things like battles and wars are just so like that's just how they handle things yeah (laughs) that's brutal dude and i feel i imagine we're uh, you know the country's still like that now it's just more secretive we don't talk about it the same way yeah. As we invade places. Exactly. And... Well, we've got other things. Yeah. It's easy to, to ignore it. It's not... Anyway. Um, so, I think... I'd say there's like... Really, there's two main characters. There's mm. two characters that we see a lot of, especially in the first half of the show. Um, Prince Hal, who... I can't remember who he was played by. Daniel's looking at... I can look it up in this handy manual. He's played by... Hamish Linklater. Who is incredible. Yeah. I was pretty I was pretty blown away by this. I mean, oh my god, he was great. He was so funny. He made 
to me so i went in obviously i went in blind i like knew kind of what was going on in the first two scenes and then after that i didn't know and he had a way of making the shakespearean language sound like regular english to me and it made me under i, I thought he was incredible he was so good he, they played a, his his scenes because in, in the beginning of the, the play his how is sort of this i don't know Almost like a, a rebellious teenager, it feels like. He's just like living his best life. He goes and gets drunk with his friends, one of which is sort of this mentor who is Falstaff, who Tom Hanks plays. Mm-hmm. And they just get drunk and like hang out in pubs and kind of cause, you know, they pull pranks on each other and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but he has this, this grand idea that he's kind of known for being this person, but mm-hmm. he can come back and like really remake his name for himself and really impress the people before he would eventually become king. Yeah. But he's really good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because so much of the subtext of the story around it is, is dark and sort of foreboding, but his stuff is really comedic. And that it works tonally, which I was surprised by. Yeah, yeah. And then, so his foil, I guess, is is Falstaff, like you said, played yeah. by Tom Hanks. Um, Falstaff is kind of an asshole. Oh, absolutely. He's a drunk. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's just like a bad dude but he's the comic relief in the show and he's the one who everybody like his his most noticeable thing about him is that he's overweight and that's like what every joke is about (laughs) i guess like shakespearean times they didn't have really much else to say about people (laughs) it's what it seems like and it's perfect to cast hanks in that role because you immediately can identify and the way he carries his persona and his charisma you really like him. You think he's funny. And then as you sort of like, as the play progresses and you really break down who this character is, you should actively dislike him. Like he's a horrible human. Mm-hmm. But you're still like so intrigued by him because of the charisma that Hanks is bringing. And I think that the way it's written, mm-hmm. that you can't help but be, like when we get to the, the crux of the of the part two of the play and sort of things, everything comes to fruition, you feel like kind of bad. And you're like, I shouldn't feel bad. Like he is absolutely deserves what's happening to him. But at the same time, you're like, oh. And it's not even like he hides the way he is. It's not yeah. like he's an asshole who's really good at making people like him. Like, he's just a douche. And everyone knows it. Yeah. But people are still like, and I guess whatever he brings. How's the only one who really seems to be, like, who likes him? He's that, maybe, tell. I guess maybe everyone has that friend that you just, for some reason, are attached to, even though you know that they're horrible. That's how maybe I feel not. about you. That's probably not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to I wanna talk a little bit about the actual experience itself before we unpack the rest of the play. Are okay. you okay with that? Um, we, we went on a weeknight, and when we got there, it was, it was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. They had this little Japanese garden. They had picnic tables. They had re- those really nice kind of porta-potties that are like, with Full generators and yeah. stuff and like the toilets flush and they're really nice. You get those on like good film sets and stuff too. Um, I work in film. Just kidding. I work in reality TV. That's not the same. Oh, we should also back up and say free parking. Huge, oh, yeah. Huge. Huge. Major that was awesome. milestone. So you, the night was already good. Yes. And they had handy little people at every little... Every space where you like potentially would make the wrong turn to get to this kind of like little oasis in the middle of Brentwood, um, there was like a, either a human there or a sign that was like 
this way to Shakespeare. So well, I think everyone that was working it, all the staff was veterans because some of them had patches. And yeah. It was really cool. Everyone's super friendly. Really friendly. I think Daniel and I were probably the youngest people there. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a uh, an age that we did not fit into. Well, and also, these tickets were kind of pricey. Yeah. You and I, and not like, they were worth every penny, yeah. I feel. But, I mean, the best seats in the house, the like front center, those go for like $500. And I know there's not a lot of people our age who are willing to drop that drop kind five. of fucking coin. But compared to like some of the, I don't, I haven't been to a ton of plays in Los Angeles, but a lot of the plays, like bigger ones like Hamilton or um, anything else that's coming through, like those are really pricey tickets to see in general, like $200, $300 plus, and then I have no idea how much they get up to. Yeah. So these were, I think, 75 and even that felt yeah. like, I was like, oh, I'm okay with that. It was a definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, the theater, so everybody kind of hangs out by the little Japanese garden, reading their programs until they open up the doors. And then you go into this theater in the round type outdoor theater. Um, the stage itself isn't on a slope, I don't think, but the seats are graded. So every seat in the house had a, a pretty great view, yeah. I would say. I would. What do you think, like 300 people in the audience? I think it's that, yeah. It yeah, was small. it was small. It felt very intimate. And they passed out blankets, which yeah, was so cute because uh, it did get really cold. <laughs> yeah, I've never experienced that before here. I wore I sandals like, like an I'm... idiot. That was so stupid. Um, and well, I should also say I had a brief scare because I opened my oh um, right program and discovered this little piece of paper that I can read where it says at this performance the role of Falstaff, usually played by Tom Hanks, will be played by Peter Van Norden. And I had like a brief freak out where I was like, oh, we looked at this, we made sure this was we the right. Buy thing. the wrong tickets. And luckily we were wrong. It was just probably a, someone had left it, but yeah, almost broke me. I mean, we were there to see Tom, but we saw so much more. <laughs> um, I mean, overall, I think the experience, this is why I, I've seen a lot of musicals like Broadway style, those ones. I can't think of the, the last like professional straight play that I saw. All I kind of, my frame of reference is like high school performances. And those are like, oh my God, it's boring, it's slow. It wasn't like that in this. Um, real actors who were fantastic. The production itself was, I can't say enough about how pleased I was with it. It was, it was wonderful. Seamless. It was like everything worked the way it was supposed to. Um, we had people in the audience like making sure that random people didn't get in the way during the big battle scenes. Um, the one kid tried his hardest. Yeah, there was like one little kid there who for sure just started walking out during the like battle. Security just like, nope, nope, nope. No, that scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah. There's definitely, I mean, I feel like every actor in every interview has said this, but like there is something about live theater performance that is especially engaging and they clearly, everyone in this cast loved it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was, I don't, I... Maybe I was just swept away in it, but I don't. I didn't see a single weak performance. Oh, not in the slightest. Like everyone seemed like they were having the time of their life, and it yeah. absolutely showed through. Yeah, and I also love they incorporated not just the stage itself, but um, the kind of the steps below the stage and the big like hill in the back behind yeah. it. They used everything, so it felt like a real living thing, rather than just like one stage, one viewpoint. No matter where you were in the house, I think, you were able to see some kind of great action. 
Yeah, and they smartly, so they had a, a pretty diverse cast where didn't matter family lineage or anything, like, they cast a whole, like, Joe Morton played Henry IV, mm. who's a, a black actor, and even though, like, and, and you know, um, Hamish Linklater is a white actor, played his son, like, that made zero difference, and it was very cool and refreshing to see this, like, right. diverse cast on stage playing old Shakespeare, which I feel like, if you grew up, like, in, in class watching Shakespeare, it was just white actors, uh, mm-hmm. when you watch any type of movie or... Yeah. reenactment of it so I felt kind of I don't know even that part of it added to her I was like this is this is cool it really felt like they picked the actual right actors like based on their skill and their talent um to tell the story I mean everybody was incredible it was so yeah. good it's just a gush fest it was great so what was it like for you to see Tom it was it was a little so surreal close. I mean, he's in, like, a big fat suit and <laughs> has, like, a ton of facial hair. He's got a big, like, wig kind of thing on. Yeah. His but hair. his first, the first thing he does is, like, this physical comedy moment. And you're just immediately, like... There he is. You're in. Yeah. There's our man. There's our I guy. I know. There's... I said it before, but there's, like, a charisma to it that just immediately, like, you... From whatever distance away, no matter if you can see his face or not, you feel it. And you know his voice and... Mm-hmm. It's something. It's it's cool to see him in... I mean, we've seen him in a lot of movies and a lot of different roles, but it's cool to see him in like this type of performance, doing this type of thing, and sort of just peak, like having a great time mm-hmm. mode. On top of knowing that his involvement in making this happen, and what it stands for, and what it's doing, mm-hmm. just kind of a, all layers on top. I kind of felt this moment where, um, obviously, I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan. That's not a surprise. Um I I look out for all the projects that he does. I like to stay in the know. That I feel very strongly about my um, adoration of this man and his work. But maybe I surprised people. I like to think that I did. When he came on stage, I wasn't like a weirdo. Like I just, it's not, he's just a talented man and getting to see that level of artistry so close and right in front of you, it's like, it's not a lie. Like, he's not yeah. just made to look good on TV. And he's not just made to look good in the magazines. And, like, he really is a, just a talented man who can command the, the attention. Yeah, I think it was sort of a, like a respect thing you gain. Yeah. We almost sound like TMZ. Like a positive TMZ. We're like, man, Tom Hanks, great. But it is for that. Yeah, I was sort of surprised. I don't really get starstruck, but I was like, we have like a whole thing about Tom Hanks. Like maybe we'll get starstruck. But I was like, no, no like this is just like, it's almost like, in a weird way, it felt like seeing an old friend who's like succeeded, and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. That's how I felt too. I'm very glad we didn't. We 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 had originally joked about making shirts about the podcast and wearing them. Yeah, gotta be honest, glad we didn't do that. Yeah, that because would've... that crowd would have been like, I don't know, what's a podcast A and B like. Also, like, keep an eye on them. Have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really hope that there's other things like this that we'll get to do and get to see because um, it was a really nice experience. And I'm, I'm glad we got to go together. That yeah. was so cool. <laughs> the first uh, Pod Hanks Tomcast field trip. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he'll do some more uh, theater in LA. Or if yeah. he does it in New York or whatever, we'll start to go. I guess we'll have to fly to New York. We just have to do it. I guess probably now it's time to sum up kind of the overall experience. Um, did you have any favorite moments? Um, 
I I think my favorite thing in terms of just like a single moment from the play is probably there's a, there's a segment where false they have this grand plan to they're gonna rob some people, mm-hmm. and um, Hal's character and his friend decide that they're going to rob Falstaff's character after they do the other robbing and it's just big like swindle thing, mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks after that has to explain what happened how he was robbed <laughs> Falstaff has to explain it and it's just this really extended monologue of it's adding how many people tried to rob him and it just I mean the Killed the crowd and was great. And mm-hmm. I, w- I will say, like, the play is in two parts. It's a little over three hours. And I didn't feel it. I thought it... Except I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I felt it until, like, my butt was hurting. <sighs> but the first half is, like, a very funny and very fast mm-hmm. play. And the second half is a much slower, more somber. Because it splits up Hal and Falstaff. Yeah. So you have less comedic moments to kind of build toward an ending. Which I think works. But I do wonder if it would work better in a two-part setting where you have time to kind of leave part one, think about it, digest it over, and then come back and mm-hmm. live in this more somber Like the a next day or something? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think they usually split it up. But I think at three hours, like we're used to three hour, like everyone, everyone's like, three hours, that's a long time. And I'm like, don't lie, you binged two yeah. episodes of House Hunters. Absolutely. That's my show. Don't know why I went to that as the <laughs> example, but yeah. Um, I I agree. Those, those moments where Tom is or where Falstaff is really shining in his kind of uniqueness as a character, this this like lovable jerk, those really stand out. I loved the scene after the battle where um, Hal kills the other prince. That was also like, I don't really know who that guy was. Oh, it was like his cousin. Okay, so it they're was, like um, both young name. men kind of trying to gain control or respect or something. I don't know. Um but Hal Hotspur. kills him. Yeah, Hal kills Hotspur. H- Hotspur. Yeah, he kills him. And he's really sad about it, and it's like a really lovely moment. In the corner, Falstaff's like playing dead. He's like yeah. pretending to be dead. Everyone thinks he's dead. And then and then later on, Falstaff comes back to life, you know, after faking his own death. And he takes credit for the killing of Hotspur. And it's wonderful. Because Hal just lets him. Yeah, just to kind of like let him dig his own grave, basically. Because people, every, people, other people know and yeah, it's seems just, so over it. Yeah, it was just kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I think it really spoke to the relationship that Hal and Falstaff have with each other. Where he's just, like, even though Falstaff's the older one and he's the mentor, like, really, Hal is taking care of him. Yeah. Protecting him, pays his debts when, after he steals, it was... It's just a sweet... They made a fantastic deal. I would love to see the two of them. Yeah, they had great chemistry. Yes. I mean, that... I would... I feel confident saying he's like the next Tom Hanks. Well, and I've seen... I've seen Hamish in a few things. He was in, like, Fargo, and I think he's currently in Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did The Newsroom, if you watch that. It and did. I think he was in... Um, he was in New Adventures of Old Short. Christine. I never saw that, but I heard That's a few people I say that, That's what I know him from. Um... He was great. And then the other guy I wanted to gush about was, I'm going to butcher his name, but he played Hotspur. His name is Rafi Barsoomian. Yeah. And he he was like a much more physically intimidating presence, like yeah. a lot of like monologues that are seething with anger. Mm-hmm. And the way that the stage was lit, you could you could see kind of like <laughs> every time someone had a hard P or S, it would, they would spit, but it just gave it this, I don't know, there was like some testosterone flowing yeah. anger. Yeah, he was a scary dude. He was good. He was really good. And he played two roles because he played Hotspur in the first play, and then he dies, and then he plays. Oh yeah, that uh, like guy with the. Oh, I have it right here, Pistol. Piss, Pistol. But yeah, there's a few names in here that sound like like if you named a character Hotspur now, 
You'd be like, it's a little lazy. What yeah, Hotspur. Yeah. It's a little on the nose. I also will say that there was some very confusing moments for me because they call Falstaff has like four names. He's like yeah. Jack, John, John, something else. Like, but nobody ever explains that that's a nickname. You just kind of have to figure it out. The same with because Henry the Henry the Fourth is the king. Henry the Fifth is is Hal. It's going to be his. Yeah. But he also goes by Henry, and they also call him Harry. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of names going on. You really got to pay attention to who's talking to who and like who they're talking about in context. Yeah. You can get a little lost. That was hard for me. I yeah. I think you have to. I think with any. I am not a Shakespeare aficionado by any remote definition. Definition. And uh, but I feel like you do, you do need to go into these plays like having read it. Um, Josh, who came with us, told us that he had a version that had the original text and then sort of this translation for current. English yeah. to kind of give you so you could read the original and then read it as like sort of a more no of a, fear Shakespeare yeah mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's smart to come into it because you're not spoiling anything necessarily because I don't I don't think the spo- the performance kind of brings in the story and is why it's so effective to see live um, so I think you should come in with your homework fully prepared yeah next time <laughs> yeah next time we should just go again I think this is running through the the for, for like another week after yeah. this I would go again I would but too. I can't you know, I can't. That costs money. Yeah. I- but if you're in LA and you're like, I gotta see this, you can maybe find a ticket that somehow. I know. Like, Good luck. Someone's probably some, maybe someone can't go. Yeah. Well, overall, absolutely fantastic experience. I think it was really special for me, just myself. It was special for us. Yeah. And our show, and. Very surreal. Yeah. It was just cool. And like the primo cap on 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. We did it. We did good. We're, do, we're, we're, trucking, we're trucking along pretty well. We're doing it. And I think um, something that's so special about what we're doing, how we're watching every single Tom Hanks movie kind of in order, um, we're not, it's not just about Tom. Obviously it is. But we get to experience so many other great performances and stories. And it's, it's a whole new way to watch movies, I feel. Yeah, and, and you and I, we work in different levels. Like we work in the entertainment industry as artists in our own rights. And so it's cool to, I don't know, I didn't have like a film, I don't have like a film criticism background, but it's fun to like dig into these and I feel like progressively get deeper and like more fully understand how to watch a movie and what we want to take from it and how we want to talk about it. And like, mm-hmm. how do you watch a movie with a worldview when stuff is, you know, it's bachelor party and it's a yeah. world you don't agree with. You probably you probably wouldn't agree with then, but like that was the norm, and that's not good. But I don't know it's cool to see kind of us change at the same time. It's I been agree. A, it's been a really cool experience for the last twenty five. We're doing it. On to the next twenty five. Twenty five more. All right, guys. Next week our episode is a league of their own. Really excited for that, um, and we hope you'll join us. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in continuing the conversation, maybe you've got thoughts about Henry the Fourth. You got thoughts on the podcast. You got thoughts about Tom Hanks. You can find us on our website, talkintom.com. That's talking without the G. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, a Facebook group called Pod Hanks Tomcast. That's where we are. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and as always, if you want to leave us an informa- uh, a comment on <laughs> iTunes, review our podcast, rate, review, subscribe. It helps that, us. It helps and we'll us. read it. We'll read it on the show if you'd like. We'd love to. All right, guys. My name's Josie. I'm Daniel. Thanks for for listening. listening.